It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. My spiritual queen mother, the great Maya Angelou, was for me the ultimate teacher. Only Maya had the ability to reduce me to my seven-year-old self simply by the way she greeted me. Hello, you darling girl, she would say at the start of every conversation. Her emails always set a loving tone, opening with, Oh, dearie-o. I'll never forget the first time she shared with me what would later become a much-beloved refrain. People may not remember what you did or what you said, but they will always remember how you made them feel. What her words so brilliantly remind us is that every single moment is an opportunity to be of service to another human being. That is what I hope will be your takeaway from this chapter. I'm not referring just to volunteering or contributing to a cause, though those are wonderful, worthwhile activities that strengthen us. What I'm talking about is committing decision by decision to a sustained, heartfelt, compassionate approach to life. We are more alike than we are different, Maya used to say. Imagine what would happen if two people with opposing views came together to inform each other from a position of wanting to be of service. If you're caught in the deluge of negativity and vitriol that we are bombarded with on a daily basis, this would seem a nearly impossible idea, but I believe we're closer to reconnecting than we realize. When I accepted the Cecil B. DeMille Award at the 2018 Golden Globes, my speech caused a bit of a stir. It was not my intention to spark talk of a presidential campaign, but I can tell you why I believe that speech resonated with so many people. In my conversations with men and women from many walks of life, I felt a growing shift, a mutual yearning on all sides for a different way of envisioning the world. There is an eagerness rising within all of us to bridge our divides, to bring an end to vicious attacks on those whose viewpoints differ from ours, and to focus on elevating humanity. What I was trying to express in my speech was that all humans have value and a voice, and I consider it my purpose here on Earth to celebrate and validate both. The sheer volume of reaction to what I said at the Golden Globes is a direct testament to the fact that millions of us are ready to seek out 
and stand up for what's good, right, and just in our world. Maya once told me that my legacy will be every person whose life was touched by my being here. I believe the same is true for all of us. When it comes down to it, life can be measured in exchanges of energy, positive or negative. What is the energy you choose to bring to the world? Positive exchanges multiply and grow. That's why giving on any level feels so great. You are creating an actual force for good. Most people wait to assess their legacy until their second or third act of life, when there's time to sit back and reflect. But what if, right now, you began to structure your decisions based on how you want to be remembered rather than on what you believe you still need to accomplish? What I'm suggesting is that you don't wait until you're sitting on your porch in your rocking chair to evaluate the character of your actions. Ask yourself today, in the middle of your complicated, demanding, chaotic life, what do I want my legacy to be? And then start living from that intention. As Maya always said, when you know, teach. When you get, give. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. We start with Mark Nepo. What do you want to be your legacy, or what will be your legacy? I would want my legacy to be that what matters moves through me the way air moves and wind moves through a window to refresh another. Next up, Brian Stevenson. You write about being, I think you call it a stone catcher, mm. right? <laughs> yes. From that Bible verse where yes. the mob is uh, yes. stoning the adulteress. Yes. And Jesus said, let he who is without sin yes. cast the first stone. I think when we see people being treated unfairly, when we see people who are at risk, when we see people who are unloved, when we see people thrown away, I think those of us who have a heart for compassion and justice and mercy, and those of us who want to be better people need to step in. And we need to do what we can to stop the judgments that are being made that are unfair. I think 
part of it is that we have to kind of adopt a different metric system for ourselves. I think often we measure how we're doing in life by how much money we make or how many people know our name and all these other kinds of metrics, how many people respect us. I think there's another way of measuring how you're doing by how many stones you catch, by how often you actually position yourself to help those who need help. There is something redemptive, powerful, transformative about catching the stones that people throw at each other unfairly. And what you say at the end of Just Mercy, I continue to meet stone catchers along the way who inspire me and make me believe that we can do better than we've done for the accused, the convicted and condemned among us, as well as those who are victimized by crime and violence, and that all of us can do better for one another. The work continues. I just love that, don't you? Now let's listen to Gloria Steinem. I couldn't get published what I wanted to say about the women's movement when it was new and exploding. And so I ended up going out with a friend on the road to speak. And that led to, you know, years of on the road organizing. And I, I discovered, as I never otherwise would have, I think, that what happens in a room when you are present cannot happen on the printed page or on the screen. It's really true that the hormones that allow us to empathize with each other are only produced when we're together in all five senses. It isn't to devalue the page or the screen, but right. it's just different. And I guess I discovered my form of meditation. I mean, I've taken two meditation courses. I believe in it, but I don't do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but what the road does is force you to live in the present in that way. There's just an infinite amount of learning, and it's in the moment. It yeah. forces you to live in the moment. And what is clear in your life on the road is that it's, it doesn't mean we all have to go to South Dakota or we have to travel to India. It means in your everyday experiences, whether you're in the supermarket or whether you're going to the dry cleaners, it's being able to listen with that kind of openness to... Yeah, it's an on-the-road state of mind. Yeah. And I can only compare it to, you know, when you see birds riding a current, mm -hmm. it's like that, or a surfer riding mm -hmm. the waves, mm -hmm. or it's just being open. It means being in the flow. In the, just yeah. being open. Yeah. And if you are in a place where you're more powerful than the people around you, being sure to listen as much as you talk, Mm -hmm. And if you're less powerful, being sure to talk as much as you listen. Now let's hear from Thich Nhat Hanh. Deep listening is the kind of listening that can help relieve the suffering of the other person. You can call it compassionate listening. You listen with only one purpose, help him or her to empty his heart. And if you remember that uh, you are helping him or her to suffer less. And then even if he say things full of uh, wrong perceptions, full of bitterness, you are still capable to continue to listen with compassion. Because you know that listening like that, with compassion, you give him or her a chance to suffer less. If you want to help him or her to correct his perception, and then you wait for another time. But for this, the time being, you just listen with compassion and help him or her to, to suffer less. And one hour like that can bring transformation and healing 
So I love this idea of deep listening because oftentimes when someone comes to you and they want to really vent, they want to purge whatever is going on inside them, people start talking and giving advice. So if you allow the person just to let whatever those feelings are to come out and then at another time come back to them with your advice or your comments, you would experience a deeper healing. That's what you're saying. Yes. Uh, the fear, the anger, and the despair is born on the ground of wrong perception. And we have wrong perceptions concerning ourselves and the other person. And that is the foundation for conflict and war and violence. You've said that the only way we can begin to end war is due to communication between people. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, we should be able to say like this, dear friends, dear people, I know that you suffer a lot. I have not understood enough of your difficulties and suffering. It's not our intention to make you suffer more. It is the opposite. So please tell us about your suffering, your difficulties. I'm eager to learn to understand. It has to start like that, loving speech. And if we are honest, if we are true, they will open their heart and tell us. And then we practice compassionate, deep listening. And during the process of deep listening, we can learn so much about our own perception and their perceptions. Mm -hmm. And that is the best way, the only way to remove uh, terrorism. Terrorism or even difficulties between yourself and yes. family members or friends. Yes. And the principle is the same no matter the conflict. Yes. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Congressman John Lewis. During the Freedom Rides, or during the sit-ins, during my efforts in Mississippi around the vote, or working in Selma, I never, ever thought about giving up and saying this is too much. I never thought about dropping out. You come to that point where you say, I got to go on and see what the end going to be. You have to. You have to get out there and push and pull to try to make things better for the generation yet unborn. Each one of us has the ability to resist, not to be quiet. We have to be brave. We have to be bold. We have to use our constitutional rights. If it means a march, a silent walk, a sit-in, a sit-down, or maybe signing a petition, writing a letter of voting, we have to be engaged, all of us, as members of the human family, as citizens of this country. There are forces that want to take us back to another place, and we're saying we're not going back. We've come too far. We made too much progress to stop now or to turn around. That's why I feel it is part of my obligation, my mission, or mandate to reach as many young people as possible. The fight is not over. We have to continue to fight. And sometimes you have to fight some of the old battles over and over again for the next generation, for generation yet unborn. You, too, can make a contribution, and you must. Marianne Williamson. I think what's really important is 
is to understand that in history, it's not the majority of people. You speak right. to this. Right. You speak to this. It's not the majority. Everybody's waiting on the majority to all agree that we need to move in a certain direction. That Thank is not you. the case. Thank you for mentioning that. That's so important. The majority of people didn't wake up one day and go, let's free the slaves. The majority of people didn't wake up one day and say, let's give women the right to vote. It's because a small group of people, small group. usually considered outrageous radicals by the status quo of their day, yes. have a better idea. That's how evolution works. We fight too much. We fight with nuclear bombs. People say, oh, there have always been wars, not with the arsenals of nukes that we have. We're the only planet known to systematically destroy our own habitat. I mean, the only species. So now I think what enlightenment represents what the great spiritual masters are is mutations. Deepak Chopra. I, when I started meditation and I met my teachers, of which I had several, we actually spent long hours in meditation. We got to realize that there's a body, there's a mind, but there's soul consciousness. Mm -hmm. And then when you get in touch with the soul consciousness, you become aware that other people also have a soul, and you communicate with that, and then you realize that there you're both part of a more divine realm, and that's called divine consciousness. And then you can go even deeper into that in what is called unity consciousness, where you realize that we are all inseparably one. All the separation is totally artificial. Charles Einstein. We still live in communities that aren't really communities because we don't know the people around us. Right. We're surrounded by strangers. Yeah where we actually know more about who's on the cover of People magazine, yeah. or we know more about the lives of people you don't know and will never meet yeah. than you do your next door neighbor. Right, so we feel lonely. Like, if we're not actually separate selves, then our beingness, our sense of being in the world depends on our relationships. And when our intimate relationships are only in the family, I'm not talking about sexual intimacy, I'm talking about really being known. Yeah. We don't know our neighbors and, we, and we're not participating in the natural world mm -hmm. in an intimate way. Then we feel alone. We don't even know who we are. There's a deficit of identity when we're shrunk down into these little separate selves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this low level suffering, another word for suffering you use is separation. This feeling that you're disconnected even though you are in a room or in a world where you are engaging with people all the time, but there's this low-level sense of disconnection mm -hmm. from community is what you're talking about. I love what you say as early as page two here. You say, on some level, we all know better. This knowledge seldom finds clear articulation. So instead, we express it indirectly through covert and overt rebellion. I find that so interesting. Addiction, self-sabotage, procrastination, laziness, rage, chronic fatigue, and depression are all ways that we withhold our full participation in the program of life that we are offered. You are maybe the mirror of all things, or you are the totality of your relationships. So that means that anything that happens to anything to any being is happening to you on some level. Ah. It means that any difficult relationship you have is mirroring something in yourself. Mm -hmm. It means that everything you do to the world will somehow come back to you. Mm -hmm. It means that the world outside of ourselves is not just a bunch of stuff, but it's a mirror of self. It has qualities like consciousness and intelligence that aren't just in human beings. 
But there in all things, that, that pond over there, this tree, everything that's happening to the world is happening to us. And whether or that's not it. we believe it, yeah. we can still feel it. Yeah. That's why it hurts yeah. so much. And we don't even know why. Yes. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Lynn Twist. When you let go of trying to get more of what you don't really need, it frees up oceans of energy that's caught up in that chase to turn and pay attention to what you already have. When you actually pay attention to, nourish, love, and share what you already have, it expands. It's the opposite of what we think. You're a perfect example of that, actually. I was going to say, <laughs> amen to that. I've seen it over and over and over and over. When you share it, it gets bigger. Yeah, absolutely. When you share it, it gets bigger. And it when people know that, it frees them from this chase of more and more and more and more and more because there's so much energy tied up in that in everybody's life. Even people who are just barely rubbing two nickels together to pay their rent. If they turn and pay attention to what they have, make a difference with it, share it, nourish it, it expands before their very eyes. A shorter way to say all that is what you appreciate, appreciates. What you appreciate, appreciates. That is such a fantastic tweetable moment. <laughs> How good! I could not have said that better. What you appreciate, appreciates. Mm -hmm. It's law, actually. Mm -hmm. It's a physical law that mm -hmm. what you focus on expands, what you appreciate, mm -hmm. appreciates. Exactly. And then you have an experience of enough, actually. Mm -hmm. How we have an experience of sufficiency and enough, how we have that kind of experience is by sharing, by contributing, by serving, by nourishing other people. That's where real prosperity lives. President Jimmy Carter. When you look at other people, do you see God in other people? I try to. Mm -hmm. At least when I'm in that attitude, I can't <laughs> say that I'm, I'm not, I have my defects. I don't, I'm not always that way, but I try to. One reason, Rose and I build habitat houses. We spend a full week every year in some remote place building habitat houses. And, and you know, one of the things that I've learned is that when we work side by side with a family that's never had a decent home in their lives, and we begin to comprehend quite clearly and vividly that their moral values are just as good as mine, and their ambitions are just as great as mine. And we realize that in the past, just because somebody is poverty-stricken and deprived of what we look upon as successes in life, that they are inferior. And that's a major lesson I think I've learned in my adult life, and particularly since I left the White House, is that people are not inferior. Mindy Kaling. As a woman who's an employee, often you are the only woman, mm -hmm. and you think there's not enough space for me, or oh, there's only going to be one Indian woman, or there's only going to be one minority. I hope I'm it. I can't help anybody else. And you know, those are the terrible habits you learn when you're younger, and when I was younger in the business. And then as you are as an employer, like, well, if I can stop the, that anxiety from young women, if I can hire, there isn't only going to be one Indian woman, one African American woman, one woman. Period. In here, there's going to be lots. space for lots. So you mm -hmm. don't have to have that anxiety anymore. I think that's one way that we can help. 
Gary Zukov. In the West, we live with the principle of the golden rule. It is not do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's the golden rule. But what really happens is whatever you do unto others is already done unto you. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's you right. can't get away from it. You can't escape it. That's karma. So treat other people the way you'd like them to treat you because they will. That's the short of it. Yes. Give to the world what you want to receive from the world because you will receive that. Mm -hmm. Wayne Dyer. God doesn't, doesn't, doesn't want anything, doesn't take anything, doesn't demand anything, it doesn't get petty. You know, I, I love to quote the poets. I write poetry myself. And mm -hmm. Hafiz, the great, uh, I love Hafiz. The great Hafiz, you know, he said, even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Just think what a love like that can do. It lights up the whole world. That's how That's you do good. it. It just lights up the whole, all you have to do is give and practice this divine love. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.